this is strictly precautionary, so hopefully nothing to worry about when it comes to the Star Slugger. According to Rock Kabuko of Madison, the Phillies and Nationals are both interested in Orioles closer Michael Givens. In the NBA, barring a trade at some point on Monday, the Cavaliers are set to release J.R. Smith, who then become an unrestricted free agent, and rumors are out there that he could reunite with LeBron James and join the Lakers. And from the boxing world, Purnell Sweet P. Whitaker, a longtime boxer and one of the best in history, was killed Sunday night when he was hit by a car in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He was 55. The Virginia Beach Police Department said that the incident remains an active investigation. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been the Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Are you, or someone you love, one of the nearly one million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. 
No EY today because he's busy on Mondays. He has other responsibilities than that. He does have another job outside of ah, the BFS. Right. Even though we're still not even really his job. Right. Uh, no Matt Modica today, but I think we found a suitable replacement. I, I would say so. I would say so. Derek Brown, what's happening, man? What's going on, guys? How's it going? We're doing really, really well. We're excited to have you aboard. Excited to break down the NFC North going division by division. We thought we'd be done with this like in a week. It's clearly going to take us like a month at this point, the way the pace that we're going. Yeah. We're we, excited about it. Originally, we tried doing a division per day. We, that was impossible, basically. So we've now cut it down to two teams per day. And uh, so whatever. You know, if it takes us two... Two more weeks from now, that's fine. And then we'll kind of go into like our position previews and break things down a little bit more. We'll do all our sleepers and busts. There's a lot of time before most people are actually drafting. Like a lot of people are doing best ball drafts right now and Scott's fishbowl and rightfully so. But we have a lot of time until like home leagues, other expert leagues are going down. And I thought it was a great opportunity to get Derek on because he is very bullish on David Montgomery and the Chicago Bears rushing attack. Uh, he wrote an awesome article over at fantasydata.com. If you go to his Twitter right now, dbro underscore FFB, that is the pinned tweet on his page. So you can find out more about why he likes, loves actually, David Montgomery. But that's why I wanted to have him on the show so he could just basically tell us himself. No offense to Derek, but like, we're going to have to go there to find that out. Like, <laughs> we're going to find out over the next hour all about that David Montgomery love. I just picked him in Scott's Fishbowl or... It does feel like I just picked him because my draft's probably in the sixth round still. But, what round are you in, Greg? Are you still officially ooh, the slowest draft? I think so. We are um, in the middle of round 13. In the middle of round 13. All right. I'm in the middle of round 18. So it seems like you, you, picked up the, up. you picked up the pace a little bit. True story, Derek. I mean, he was the slowest draft by far. There was someone in his league that was like legitimately using five hours per pick. Six. Ooh, that's so painful. But they said, it's not, uh, what's the race for? We, now we can use all this other ADP data. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we're taking this too seriously, man. We're taking this way too seriously. Maybe I'm just not taking it It's seriously. a slow draft for a reason, Greg. Exactly. Maybe I'm just not taking it serious enough. But whatever. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Derek. I'm, uh, I'm super pumped. Before we get into that, Frank, how did you sleep last night? How did I sleep last night? I slept pretty well. I actually stood up to see the Dodgers take the lead in that Red Sox game last night. Uh, but I didn't stay up to watch the bottom half of that inning, so uh, I slept well. Overall, it was it was a solid weekend. I went uh, went to a wedding. Uh, happy Monday to you, Greg. It's also Amazon Prime Day if you need to order anything. It is. So I, was, I, I actually ordered... If to- anyone needs to order anything, make sure you do it today. It's Amazon Prime Day. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I ordered... I have toilet paper sitting in my cart, and I will <laughs> press buy uh, after the program. You need the toilet paper. You need the toilet paper. How did you sleep last night, Greg? I slept great. I, was, I had a really tough weekend, man, because the blackout here, my power went out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I was supposed to come home Saturday night. We had a, um, a fun weekend at my buddy's in Jersey on Saturday afternoon. I was coming back on Sunday to do some stuff for the wedding with my dad yesterday. But I couldn't come back Saturday night because I had no power in my apartment. I was like, I'm not coming home with no air. Like, that sounds ridiculous. So I stayed in Jersey with my dad. I had to get up a little bit earlier. Uh, but I was so tired last night. I literally passed out before I got the text about waivers and GSA. I figured as much because that's pretty much the Sunday night plan. I hit you up. I hit it, Florio. I usually, up. I usually respond. You usually do. I'm but in I, on it. Sometimes if I text you like past ten o'clock, past I'm playing with fire. It's past eleven o'clock. I'm playing. Yeah, you know. Once you text me past eleven o'clock, you're playing with fire. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now, especially now that Thrones is over. Like, you know, I gotta sleep. I mean, this guy's like forty years old. He's got to get his beauty sleep. What are you gonna do? All right, we take a break. When we come back. We get into the Bears. We get into the Lions. We talk to Derek Brown about all of this. We'll try to figure out where we rank 
all these players. Frank made a comment to me downstairs, which I vehemently disagree with. I want to know what everybody else thinks. I want to know what Derek thinks and see which side of that argument he's on. Stick around. It's going to be a great show today. Next two hours, it's your BFFs. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So, true story, Frank. You're going to love this. So, you know how in a lot of these Scott Fishbowl leagues, you get like a group Twitter message, kind of yeah. um, pump this whole thing out? So, one of the guys in my league, his Twitter name, I think, is, is at Big Whiskey. So, you would think, all right, Big Whiskey guy, right? But Big Whiskey, I realized, is the name of a Dave Matthews album. So we had a whole long conversation, many people in the group, about how much of, a, how much of us love, or how many of us, love Dave Matthews. Oh, that sounds terrible. A bunch I'm of people sorry. went to shows this summer. <laughs> oh, I was my like, God. oh my God, what a group that I'm in. This is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel so bad. Derek, come on, Derek, come on man. Derek, I, 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 no, I can't handle the, the Dave Matthews love. I just can't buy into that. Dude, come, come. What kind of music do you listen to, Derek? Uh, pretty much any variation of rock that you can come up with. I guess Derek. Uh, I, I guess Dave Matthews Band doesn't technically count as rock, right? I don't even know what you call it, like folk pop. It's not folk <laughs> pop. It's, it, it's what is it? It's rock. It's not rock. No, it's not rock. Oh, what did you rock? <laughs> it's not rock. Yeah. So you like Metallica? You you're cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially the old stuff. There you go. Perfect. So I guess that's fun a, fact. I've seen Metallica that, what seven times. That's now. a check mark for the Frank Stample column. Yeah. There you go. All right, it is what it is. Let's get into the Chicago Bears, and, and let's begin uh, with the running game, because Matt Nagy, in the past, of course, comes from Kansas City. Last year, this offense, we were all kind of excited about it. There were a lot of young pieces, and people were in on Allen Robinson. I was back in on Jordan Howard. Like People were very excited. Trey Burton was another piece that a lot of the fantasy community was getting in on. This year, I feel like not that people think it was a fluke, necessarily, but the kind of backing up a little bit, right? That they are pushing the brakes here when it comes to Chicago. They're not nearly as excited. But because we're all looking for running backs and we're all trying to find value, we look here and we have an interesting situation because they draft an early round running back in David Montgomery. They have Tariq Cohen, who's really, really good at what he does. And that's kind of it. But we saw a lot in the past, over the last several years, when it comes to Chicago, where... Jordan Howard was so one-dimensional, he was off the field a lot. Tariq Cohen would take over, but then as soon as you would trust Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard would have one of those 20-carry games. You can never just count on the Chicago Bears week in and week out to produce running back points for you. Will that change this year? I think it absolutely will in the form of David Montgomery. You look at last year, and Nagy wanted a workhorse so unbelievably bad First three weeks, Jordan Howard had 21 touches per game, and Tariq Cohen only had seven. Now, after that point, 
Howard proved that it doesn't matter how much time he got on the jugs machine, he still was not going to be this every down workhorse that Nagy wanted, and his touch count for the rest of the season was 15.8. And then you saw Tariq Cohen trend upward. And with Dave Montgomery, his pass acumen is where he can do all those things that Nagy wants and be that three-down guy. So I'm investing everywhere I can. And like you were talking about Scott Fishbowl, I took him second earliest. Second earliest to take Dave Montgomery. You're putting your, well, it's not money, but you're putting your team and your ideas where your mouth is. Dave Montgomery is going to be the guy, according to Derek Frank. Yeah, I think it's interesting here. I'm getting a little bit of a Royce Freeman vibe from last year because Royce Freeman kept rising up draft boards, rising up draft boards. We were right about a Broncos rookie running back being really good. It just turned out not to be Royce Freeman. turned out to be Philip Lindsay. But I do agree with Derek that if Matt Nagy is looking for a workhorse back that can do a little bit of everything, I think that he'll be able to find that in David Montgomery. David Montgomery had 71 receptions in his three-year career at Iowa State. And, you know... Jordan Howard's not really going to make many defenders miss, Greg. David Montgomery led all players in college football last year in forced missed tackles. So he he's much more elusive. He can be a three-down back. He's solid in pass protection based on what I've seen as well. And Jordan Howard leaves behind a lot. I mean, he had 250 carries last year. That was sixth most of, among, uh, among running backs. I don't know that people realize that Jordan Howard had that many carries. of this team's carries are up for grabs. And now, you know, third-round pick David Montgomery, a lot of people expect him to be that early down back. 35 red zone carries that led the Bears last year. That's what Jordan Howard uh, had last season. He leaves that behind as well. So it seems like everything is there for the taking. The question that I will throw back your way, Derek, is does Mike Davis eat into any of that at all? Because this team... Signed Mike Davis in the offseason. He comes over from the Seattle Seahawks, and it seems like he is another running back. I don't know that he's as talented as a David Montgomery, but he's someone who can do a little bit of everything. He, he led the Seahawks last year, the running backs, in both targets and receptions at the running back position. And, you know, I think he averaged like over four yards per carry. So he was solid in that regard. Does Mike Davis eat into some of that, or do you see David Montgomery getting most of, if not all, of what Jordan Howard leaves behind? So perfectly to kind of lead into Mike Davis, what I see for this backfield, like you were talking about with Royce Freeman and Lindsey, I see this as a very different situation and more comparable to Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook, Carlos Hyde, and Nick Chubb in the years past. And both of those situations you look at in the offseason before the draft, the team signs a cheap kind of do-it-all running back at a very team-friendly contract. And then they go out of the draft and they spend significant capital to get a running back. And in both of those years, you see that rookie running back usurp this veteran starter that everybody loves. Because there's been a lot of love for Mike Davis considering what he did in Seattle. And I just don't see it. His, his, you look at his contract. He's 31st highest paid running back. This is basically a one-year deal. They could cut him for near nothing next year. They trade up 14 spots for David Montgomery. And getting back to Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, it's two running backs that were coming into the same backfield. One was undrafted, or I think it was a late-round pick. I can't remember which one when Lindsay was. But there wasn't a lot invested there versus Freeman, but it's still two rookie running backs that are competing. And Lindsay was actually the hometown guy coming from Colorado. And so I look at this situation as being more comparable to, say, Minnesota and Cleveland than, per se, Denver. But I'm not worried about Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis slots in 
as that insurance policy for David Montgomery. If he were to go down, Mike Davis could play this role that David Montgomery is going to be slotted in for and play it decently well. But David Montgomery is the guy like you're talking about. He's elusive. He could play three downs. And this is with a, a head coach that if even if you look back to all his Kansas City days, he fed Kareem Hunt every, after he became the OC above 80% opportunity share. Jordan Howard, as bad as he was last year, got a 55% share. I think that David Montgomery should see somewhere around the 60% range just because he is better in the past game. Greg, where do you fall on David Montgomery? Because uh, I'm actually, like, I'm not on the other side of the spectrum. I like David Montgomery. I think it's just, and I agree with you, uh, Derek, based on what you said. Like, it's not necessarily the same situation as the Broncos. I think it's just because it was, like, a rookie running back in Royce Freeman last year that was getting all this hype. You know, his ADP started off somewhere in, like, the sixth-round range, and before you knew it, his ADP ended up in, I think, the late third with Royce Freeman. So that's what just kind of scares me that, this David Montgomery hype, by the time we're drafting like a month from now, I mean, Greg, he does one thing in the preseason and we're looking at his ADP in the third round. So it just scares me a little bit from that regard. But for the most part, I do agree. Like, I think he's a better all-around player than Jordan Howard. Where do you, where do you land on David Montgomery? Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I, I'm, I'm in that spot where I could buy David Montgomery being really good and wanting to draft him. But you're absolutely right. In the... If we see him go off in one of the preseason games, the Amir Abdullah effect, as you like to call it, yep. he's going right in that third round. And we saw last year, there were a lot of rookie running backs last year. We saw a whole lot of them go right there in the third round. And most of them, if we're being honest, didn't pay off. And it's like, I'm hesitant about it. Now, the offense that Chicago wants to run makes me feel good. Like, they want to run the football. They ran the ball sixth most last year in the NFL. They don't want to put the, ha- the ball in the hands of Mitchell Trubisky to win the game. That's not sure. their ideal scenario. So because of that, I'm like, okay, Dave Montgomery probably be, will be the workhorse. But I do still think that there's going to be plenty of times where, as a Dave Montgomery owner, you get annoyed that Tariq Cohen's on the field. It's going to happen. Is ADP RB23 right now in NFFC at pick 50, going just behind Kenyon Drake and Mark Ingram? Can you get behind that, Greg? Early fifth round. That sounds fine. I agree with you. That sounds fine. But in a month, that's going to be very different. Yeah, it's going to be higher. I'm telling very you, man. Different. We're catching the hype train now before it takes off. I'm telling you that right I now. I agree with that. All right, we're going to take a break. Whole lot more on the Bears coming up right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. If you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And the Roto Experts have you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content each and every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package available only at rotoexperts.com. 
back with Derek Brown, Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. This is the BFFs. And we talked a lot about the running game here, but the receiving game was also really fantasy relevant last year, certainly in July, where all these fantasy experts and analysts were on Allen Robinson and they were on Trey Burton and they expected really big things. I don't think they got them. Derek, what should we expect this year? I think you could see a little bit better season from this Bears passing game in the sense that Anthony Miller played with basically one arm last year. Allen Robinson, after the season ended, we found out that he basically played banged up the entire season. Trubisky missed time with a shoulder injury. If they all stay healthy or some semblance of health with a better run game, I think you could see better things this year. Yeah, I think that's fair to say as well. You look at what Mitchell Trubisky has done, and it seems like he's gotten better each year that he's been in the league. I think he's a little bit undervalued this year so far right now for fantasy football purposes as well. Look, I still yes. have my question marks when it comes to you know him as a passer and actually as an actual NFL quarterback. You know, going through his reads and his progressions and you know issues that we've seen with accuracy. But from a fantasy perspective, Mitchell Trubisky actually runs the ball a decent amount last year. He finishes QB 11 points per game, but through week 10, he was QB 7, and a lot of that was due to his rushing. I mean, he missed two games last year and still finished with 421 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So again, I have my reservations about him as a passer, Greg, but Trubisky as like your second quarterback in the Superflex League, he's being drafted as like QB 18, QB 19 right now. I actually really like him for fantasy purposes. In terms of the pass game, again, I think it probably gets a little bit better this year, but I think ultimately Matt Nagy... I don't know that he's going to have like a number one target. I know Allen Robinson is supposed to be that guy, and he's getting yep. paid to be that guy. But if you look at what they did last season, all the Bears receivers basically finished between 577 yards and 741 yards. Nobody had more than 93 targets. I think that's by design. I think they kind of want to take what defenses give to them. They want to scheme certain players available and open. We saw that with you know Taylor Gabriel having random big games last year. Uh, I want to like Anthony Miller this year, but that's dependent on whether or not he takes that next step, becomes the wide receiver two for this team, because he only played 57% of the snaps last year, Greg. So I want to like Anthony Miller. He plays a lot in the slot as well. But ultimately, I think from a fantasy standpoint for the pass catchers, I really do believe that they're going to spread the ball out a lot again this season. So you like you like Andy I like Miller. Trubisky. You like Trubisky. You but because I think the sum of their parts will lead to him having a good fantasy season. Plus, there, he runs the ball. Is there a number that you feel comfortable grabbing Allen Robinson at? Well, right now he's being drafted as like 65th. a high end wide receiver three, right? Like somewhere in that range. He's a sixty fifth. Going at number 65 overall. I just feel like I he's can right find... Around, he's right around Alshon Jeffrey, who I think is a fair comparison to, actually. Oh, God. I don't, I don't like Alshon Jeffrey either. And you actually. don't like Jarvis Landry. He's going around there, too. Yeah, so I guess, like, in the sixth round, I'm You're probably just round. not going to be drafting any wide receivers. I'm probably going to be drafting a lot in the fourth round and fifth round. Yes. A lot of those breakout guys, Greg. We've talked about them a lot in the past week. The Tyler Lockets of the world. The Calvin Ridleys. Chris Godwin. We'll get to Kenny Galladay a little bit later on. I think that's probably the range that I want to live in getting, like, my wide receiver two or even wide receiver three, I don't. I think ultimately I just don't really like the situations for a lot of these wide receivers that are going off in the sixth round. Allen Robinson, uh, Jarvis Landry with Odell Beckham there. And you mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, the Eagles have a ton of pass catchers as well, and you kind of question his ability to separate at this point in his career. I had some similar question marks with Allen Robinson as well. 
What about you, Derek? Where do you fall with, with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Trey Burton, the past catchers in Chicago? I love all of Frank's points. I That's kind of what I think. I think they're going to spread out the targets this year. Anthony Miller, if he's healthy, was in seventy. he was in the slot 71% of the time last year and did amazing. I mean, you look back at last year, he had a 121 QBR in the slot. But I think, to Frank's point, you get your exposure in this pass game by going with Trubisky. You don't worry about the pass catchers on this team because they're going to spread out targets. If you look at Miller, you look at A-Rob, I think Robinson probably has the highest, safest target floor weekly because we saw that last year. Now, what he's able to do with that is questionable, but I think you get your exposure to the pass game with just investing in Trubisky in those the beginning season, beginning part of last year when he was healthy before he went down with the shoulder injury. This is a guy that was on pace for 37 total touchdowns. And you're going to get him for pennies on the dollar this year. If he runs more, they're not going to slam him into the goal line because now, like with all my David Montgomery love, they have a goal line back that can also play in other parts of the field. I'm not going to invest probably in Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller. If I take a shot, it's probably going to be Miller out of anybody just because his ADP and the price is so depressed compared to an Allen Robinson. And you might get absolutely similar production. And around later, Greg, while we're just talking about the wide receiver position and current ADP over at NFFC, in the month of July, you can wait around later and get a lot of people's popular breakout picks in a Dante Pettis or a Christian Kirk. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, those guys probably have more upside on their respective teams. I like Allen Robinson. I don't want to just dismiss the fact that he had a 1,400-yard season, a 14-touchdown season, finished as a top-five wide receiver, but... He still is working his way back from an ACL, and overall, I just think that the Bears want to spread the ball around a lot in this offense. I think so, too. Is there anything else with the Bears that we need to know about, Frank? Well, we didn't really talk about Tariq Cohen, sure. but obviously, he's you know worth mentioning much, much better as a PPR back than in a non-PPR league, and I love him for best ball because... When you were talking about David Montgomery a little bit earlier, Greg, you mentioned that there are going to be weeks that you get frustrated with Montgomery because Tariq Cohen's going to randomly get worked in. A lot of what Tariq Cohen does is game flow related, right? So if the Bears are playing from behind or if they're in an up-tempo game where there's a lot of back-and-forth scoring, then we're prob- those are going to be the games where you see a lot of Tariq Cohen. Now, as we've learned playing fantasy football, it's really, really hard to predict game flow on a week-to-week basis. So... I really, really like Tariq Cohen as a best ball running back, as like my RB3 or my flex. Ideally, I don't want him as my RB2, even in PPR. I know he catches a ton of passes, but I think that unpredictability just makes him better as a flex option with a bunch of upside or in a best ball league. I totally, totally agree. I I think Tariq Cohen in a best ball league is is perfect. I I think we've been saying that for years when it comes to Cohen, that that's where... um, that's where he can shine for you, and you don't have to worry about making sure you have him in there. We want to be able to predict the good weeks for a guy like Tariq Cohen. Do you think that this year, I guess in year two, that we've already had experience with Matt Nagy, that we can do that more, Derek? I want to say yes, but then all of my shares in DFS and the playoffs when they didn't use him versus the Eagles wants me to say hell no. I remember um, <laughs> It was painful. It was absolutely painful. But I I worry about Tariq Cohen in the sense that if Montgomery takes more of those targets away, I do not think that – and a lot of people have come at me saying, well, if you love Dave Montgomery, you must hate Tariq Cohen, and that's not the case. 
I still peg him around 80 targets this year. I don't think he's going away. The question is, if they spread the ball out and they go with defensive liabilities and matchups, if you can pinpoint at least a trend like later in the season, like when Nagy, when they face like zone coverage or, or man defense teams, and you can you can pinpoint that those are the weeks this season coming that Tariq Cohen has gotten more usage than sure. But in the early part of the season where we don't see some of those trends, if a trend does arise, I'm not really willing to put much on Tariq Cohen. But back to the matchups, I mean, Trey Burton was a guy that huge in matchups. I mean, Nagy basically said, okay, your team is bottom and DVOA versus the tight end. That's when I'm going to deploy Trey Burton. The three games last year, he got seven or more targets. It was all bottom of the barrel defenses against tight ends. So if it's a season trend that plays out, sure. I'll put some money on Cohen. I will invest in him, but past that I'm out. And I think hearing that stat from uh, Derek there regarding Trey Burton just tells you everything that you need to know about Matt Nagy. And that's exactly like what I was playing off before, Greg, is that he's going to develop his offensive game plan on a given week based around the the weaknesses of an opposing defense. So, I mean, we, we should be able to pinpoint that, right? So if we look at, you know, this team is weak against tight ends or wide receiver ones, we should be able to figure out that those are the weeks where either an Allen Robinson or a Trey Burton is really good. But... As a whole for the season, I just don't know how consistent those guys are going to be because it's really going to be a game plan specific kind of thing for the Chicago Bears. Where would you take Tariq Cohen? When, when, when at what Daryl authority? Like at what point? What round do we take Tariq Cohen? Do you feel comfortable because you're the David Montgomery guy? When would you take Cohen? Uh, probably around the sixth because that's going to slot him somewhere in that RB three flex territory, depending uh-huh. on how much love running backs get in your league. But uh, probably around the sixth. And I actually agree with that 100%. It makes sense. It makes sense. His ADP right now is 59. So he really just sneaks inside the fifth round. And a lot of the times in PPR leagues, I've seen him going in the fifth round. So that's just probably one round higher than I feel comfortable taking him. I agree with Derek 100%. I think, you know, if you get him as your flex, that downside, you can absorb that downside because we know what his upside is on a weekly basis. I mean, this is someone that can legitimately score a touchdown any single time that he touches the ball. But last year, for example, he only averaged 10 touches per game. So it's just really, really hard to project when he is going to score those touchdowns. He still scored eight total touchdowns as a running back who's five foot six, Greg. So um, I agree. You know, if I could get him in the sixth round as my RB3 in like a half point or full point PPR, I'm fine with that. But I wouldn't want to depend on him as a weekly RB2 in my lineup. Totally agree with that. You're... You're tr- playing with fire by drafting Tariq Cohen as a weekly RB2. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's get to the Lions. How high is Kenny Galladay's ceiling? We debate that with Derek next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. with you, BFFs, 
We've gone through the Bears. We really talk about the best Bears fantasy community, though. Their defense. Their defense. Pretty good. Not bad. They also signed Corderell Patterson in the offseason, so... Let's move on. Potential for a special teams touchdown? Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get to the Detroit Lions. And this is a running football team. So let's start off the running back. We'll get to Kenny Galladay in a moment. They want to be a running football they team. They are a running football team. Matt Patricia is going to coach like it's 1975. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, and that, he wouldn't be the only team in the NFL that no. is currently running his team that way. I saw this awesome tweet from Graham Barfield of NFL.com. It's not the tweet I thought you were going to read. <laughs> uh, Daryl Bevel, who is now the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, his offense has ranked inside the top 10 in rush play percentage in eight of the 12 teams that he's been a play caller in his career with both the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. And the Lions' rank in rush play percentage over the past five years has been 19th, 30th, 31st, 32nd, and 26th. So I think in bringing in Daryl Bevel, Greg, you're right, that they want to get to being a ground-and-pound team. They, they make a bunch of defensive additions throughout the draft and through free agency. So I think... Ultimately, what they want to do is they want to control the clock. They want to run the ball. They want to play solid defense. And when they need to make a play through the air, that's when they'll put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands. I tend to agree with you that they're going to want to just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. So, Derek, who's going to get all these carries? Oh, it's on Johnson. <laughs> and it's not even close, man. I, let's let's uh, buy the tickets. Let's get on the hype train. Let's roll right now. Here we go. See, this is what this is the problem. Like we yeah. didn't even need, and we're seeing it in ADP already. Greg. We didn't even need the Amir Abdullah season to get to carry on Johnson and get the hype train rolling right along. See, this team signed CJ Anderson in the offseason. This team attempted to sign Malcolm Brown in the offseason. They bring back Theo Riddick again. Are they going to trust Carrion Johnson, or is Matt Patricia going to, as Jake Seeley would say, I didn't call him Blake Bealey this time, <laughs> as uh, Blake, Blake Bealey would say, are we going to get the Bellatrix with Matt Patricia? I'm leaning towards, I think, as the season went on last year, they realized how good Carrion Johnson was. I agree. Was. He played over 50% of the snaps in five games. All five of those games came from week 7 through 11. So, again, as the season went along, they realized that they should give the ball to Carrion Johnson more. We saw it in his snap rate. We also saw it in his touches. He never finished with fewer than 14 touches in any of those games from week 7 to 11. He never finished with more than 21 touches. So, there is a cap on his upside, but he averaged 17.4 touches per game during that stretch. He finished RB17 in fantasy points per game. During that five-game stretch, right now, Greg, you guessed it, his ADP, RB17. Uh-huh. That's the number to remember right now, is that he was averaging 17 touches per game, finished uh, seven uh, RB17 in fantasy points per game during that five-week stretch. He's being drafted as RB17. I agree with Derek. I, I think that they want to run the football more. I think a lot of that is going to be done with on Johnson. I think CJ Anderson is his handcuff. I will say this, I worry a little bit about the possibility of C.J. Anderson stealing away some red zone work, maybe some goal line work, uh, but Arion Johnson, just uber talented. We saw last year 5.4 yards per carry. That was tied for second best among running backs last season. He's a violent runner. He can catch passes out of the backfield. That's where he can really, really make up ground this year, Greg, is we've heard whispers now of them potentially cutting Theo Riddick. Now, if they cut Theo Riddick, 
you're going to see Carrion Johnson creep up near the second round. Legitimately. Right now, Theo Riddick is still on the team, but if he gets cut, you're going to see Carrion Johnson go in that round two, round three range because I think that his target upside and his reception upside goes through the roof if Theo Riddick is not on this team anymore. Theo Riddick didn't even have a good season last year, bad. and I think he still had 60 receptions. Yeah, it was a bad season last year with Theo Riddick, but the fact that he had that many receptions and was that involved means that they could cut him, carry on Johnson, it's just going to explode. He's number 17, uh, the 17th running back off the board right now. He is going at pick 35, or 33 rather, overall Right before Derrick Henry, right before Devontae Freeman, right before Josh Jacobs. Do you agree with this, Derek? I agree with it because to Frank's points, when we saw Carrion used as the starter, he was sixth in the league in rushing yards those weeks, seven to 11, and ninth in targets. I think we've seen just an inkling of how great this guy can be. And the one thing that I know that we've got rumors that Riddick could be cut. But I don't think everybody understands because, okay, Carrion came out before the draft process and said he's a committee back. They've talked about limiting his touches. 17 touches per game. It's not like we're talking about this guy is going to get a 25-touch, 20-touch usage every single week. And in those weeks, like Frank was talking about, he was a top 20 back in four out of five weeks. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns. So if the touchdowns are there, even if C.J. Anderson scores a few, If the touchdowns are there, you're looking at a guy that is in a mid-RB2 price range that could be an RB1 this year. To speak to his pass game abilities, over the last 10 years, 51 rookie running backs have finished the season with 39 or more targets. Of those 51 players, over 10 years, Kerryon Johnson's rookie season catch rate ranks 6th at 82%. This dude is a three-down explosive back waiting to just ascend. I can't wait to watch it this year. Yeah, and I think the range that he's going in right now, Greg, it's he's going right around Aaron Jones. He's going right around Marlon Mack. He's going right around Josh Jacobs. I think those are all guys that have big upside for this season, all respectively in in. Good offenses, or you know, with the with the Raiders, we just we expect uh, the offense to be better, and and for Josh Jacobs to be a workhorse there. But I think you know, at this three four turn range right now in ADP, those are really four backs that I'm looking at that have like massive, massive upside for this season to potentially be an RB one. Yeah, I agree, I, and I and I think you get very very good for Carryon Johnson if he is the guy on the goal line. I think the pass catching will be there. I think the opportunities will be there. C.J. Anderson's there, and we've seen him have success at the goal line late last year. C.J. Anderson's basically free, though. So if you want to lock up the Lions' backfield right now, you can take carry on Johnson you know, late round three, and then you can get C.J. Anderson. So I, I did this in my, uh, my Scott Fishbowl. I, I didn't want carry on Johnson ideally as my RB1, but the way that it worked out, I got him at 311 as my RB1, and then I got C.J. Anderson in round 15, pick 11. So, I mean, he's basically free right now, and I... What I expect to be basically both of the uh, both of the featured running backs for this team, I just locked up the Lions' backfield, investing you know two of my top fifteen round picks. So it's very easy to get the handcuff in this situation. Who I do think is C.J. Anderson. Derek, when we, before we started the show, Frank mentioned to me that he believes that Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin pretty similar this year, and, and their ADPs uh, are a little a little out of whack because Chris Godwin is going so much 
uh, not so much, but a little bit later here, than Kenny Galladay. And he thinks that it is a legitimate toss. They're, ac- uh, they're actually three spots apart oh, that's right it. now. Oh, that's yeah, it. 43 oh, for Galladay and 46 for Chris Godwin. Godwin moved up a little bit then from, from over the weekend. So Galladay and Godwin going very, very close. Frankie believes that makes sense. It's kind of a toss-up. I don't agree. To me, I want Kenny Galladay all the way. Who would you rather have, Galladay and God- or Godwin? It's, man, it's yeah, that's a good decision. Um, I, for me, it's Kenny Galladay. I, I like Chris Godwin, and I think he's going to be involved, but and he's going to get volume. But the definitive thing about Tampa Bay is Chris Godwin is still going to be the two. Does not matter. He is not going to out-target. He is not going to out-produce Mike Evans this season. As bad as Tampa is on the ground, their defense, everything, and they're going to air the ball out. I really want Kenny Galladay because I think he is a perfect fit because as much as hate as Daryl Bevel gets, if you look at his offenses and look how this ran in Seattle, they chucked the ball down the field religiously there. And I think that's more than just, okay, a Russell Wilson type of stat. If you look at Bevel's 12 seasons as an OC, his QBs have only finished in the top 10 in passing attempts twice, but in the seven seasons in Seattle, in net yards per attempt, in those seven seasons, top 10 four times. You marry that with a Stafford who has been top five in deep ball completion percentage over the last two years, and you give him an alpha-type receiver in Kenny Galladay who can go down the field, contested catches, and is the number one in this offense, even if it's run first. The target tree there is so narrow between Marvin Jones and you have Kenny Galladay there. What's the third option? We're talking about Carrion Johnson, probably him or some other ancillary piece. I think this offense is going to chuck the ball down the field and is going to run through those top two wide receivers in the passing game. Derek, how dare you forget about Danny Amendola? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Patricia, of course, has to bring in another former Patriot in Danny Amendola who's expected to man the slot. Uh, Look, I agree with all your points about Kenny Galladay. I think he is an uber-talented player. I don't want to downplay that. You know, when we talk... A lot of the times when we talk about which players we like more, we talk about regression, Greg. A lot of people just assume that we don't like a certain player. That's not the case. I I really do like the player, Kenny Galladay. The reason why I asked it was, would you rather have the the wide receiver one in a run-heavy offense, or would you rather have the wide receiver two in a pass-heavy offense? So that's why, and you heard heard the pause from Derek when we first asked him. He He had to pause for a second, so that means it's... It's a close question, Greg. It's not as like far away dude, as you're making it sound dude, right Derek's now. Derek's response. And look at the ADP. Derek's response was the exact response that I had to you. That Kenny Galladay is the one, and there's no way that Chris Godwin will ever out-target Mike Evans. Ever. It's not happening. I understand that, but they have a very constant they have a very concentrated group of their targets as well in Tampa now. I mean, you remember last year, there was four, five, at times six receivers on this team that were fantasy viable from Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brait. And I don't think Cameron Brait's going to be a very big part of this offense. Adam Humphreys is now gone. Greg, there's 179 targets up for grabs now with Tampa Bay. The defense, I still don't expect them to be very good. I think that they're going to be in a lot of situations where they need to throw the ball. And I'm just looking at the Detroit Lions, and I'm, I feel like they're going to run the ball so much. And I, I heard the stats that Derek provided when it comes to, uh, to Darryl Bevel. But is Marvin Jones just going away? 
if he's not healthy, if the knee is an issue, then it is. Then yes, but <laughs> I I just look at the, the the concentration of targets for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I just think it's going to be a lot of. Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard, and I just really trust those three. I think it's a really, really close question. I See, uh, again, I don't, and you heard, see, this, you heard yeah. the stats deck, I'm sorry, about Daryl Bevel. He's not Brian Schottenheimer here, the amount that, <laughs> that he's going to run the ball. Seriously. Yeah. Like, Daryl Bevel's conservative, obviously, but they're going to chuck the ball, and they're going but to so chuck... so is Bruce Arians, though, no, Greg? Bruce Arians like, is even crazy. With, even Bruce with Chris Godwin, crazy, yes, even with Chris Godwin as the number two in that offense, yes. he still might see 120 targets. What's the realistic expect- expectation for Kenny Galladay this season? He's probably in that range as well, right? I think 120 to 130 targets? Yeah, I think it's higher. I really do. I don't know how much higher it is. Yeah, I, I think it's really close, man. 120. Yeah. You, you have him just at 120. Okay. You were going to chime yeah. in here. So, uh, really quickly, Frank, tell me this. What would stop O.J. Howard from ascending as the two over Godwin for Tampa? Because that's the one. that's the other caveat here. Could O.J. Howard ascend as the number two? Because nobody's going to fault or fight Kenny Galladay, even if Marvin Jones is super involved, and I think he will be. But could O.J. Howard be the two instead of Godwin for Tampa? Could he? Yeah, he absolutely could. I think, you know, when you look back at Bruce Arians' usage of tight ends, that's probably what I would point to. Again, he's never had a tight end as talented as O.J. Howard. So, yes, there's a chance anything could happen, I guess, here. Uh, but I, I just think that the versatility that Chris Godwin provides and the way that he could be used on the outside in the slot, he, he was used a ton in the red zone. He led this team in red zone targets last year as well, Greg. So I'm just looking at all those factors, and I think it's a really, really close question. Godwin versus Galladay. All right, we'll take our our final break of the hour. When we come back, the tight end situation and Matt Stafford. Three minutes to go. Three questions from Derek. Stick around. We'll wrap it up after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we have three minutes to go, and we got three questions left for Derek Brown here. Derek, let me go. Question number one: Matthew Stafford can he be a QB one in 2019? <laughs> Craig, <laughs> oh. you can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> no, I don't think he'll be a QB one. I don't think he's going to get the passing volume, and it's not so much hate on Stafford because I talked about they're going to toss the ball down the field. And I'll throw this out real fast. With all that tossing down the field, last time he was top 10 in net yards per attempt, he finished fourth in passing touchdowns. So just to throw some uh, love towards Stafford, he's not a QB1 there. The volume won't be there, though. Question two, minute two. Which Iowa tight end would you rather have, TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant? Fant. The offensive weapons around him, he could have an Evan Ingram-type rookie season. Hawkinson's not going to get that chance. I actually agree with that. I like Noah Fant a lot as a deep sleeper. So I was on my phone and I couldn't go through the Fandle like the Fandle thing that you did last week. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if you hated Hawkinson or liked Hawkins. I didn't know which one you liked. So I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I did the sleeper about Noah Fan, not correct. Hawkinson. Yeah, I wasn't sure, so I picked Hawkinson. Oh, Greg. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, look, if you get fantasy points for uh, for 
run blocking. He's going to be really good at that. Nice! Pancakes. All right! <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, question number three. Does Marvin Jones have fantasy value in 2019? Absolutely. I think he's going to be somewhere around a wide receiver three. He's going to have those weeks that he'll – he's going to have at least two weeks this year, 100 yards and a touchdown. All right, there you go. Yeah, mu- that makes him much better for best ball as well just because uh, we're not going to have the pass volume, so we don't really know when uh, those opportunities are going to come. Maybe you look at the schedule and you see games that they could potentially be trailing. Maybe those are the ones. Uh, we need Marvin Jones to get healthy. Hopefully that's the case heading into training camp given his, uh, his knee injury. But I agree right now his ADP is wide receiver 40 off the board. You know, I've always been a Marvin Jones supporter. I think he's really talented. The guy is just a touchdown scorer, Greg. I mean, you you put him anywhere on the field, he's been one of the most efficient wide receivers in terms of scoring touchdowns in his NFL career. Derek Brown, where can everybody follow you and read all of your analysis? Follow me on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB. I'm constantly churning out uh, articles for fantasy data and uh, with the Quant Edge. So check me out at all those places. And, yeah, thank you all for having me. This was a blast. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Derek Brown, read all his stuff, follow him. We'll be back. Action Hour's next. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 